Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. All-fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 133. It is officially week four of the NFL season. The Buccaneers look to return home after a successful trip to Denver. And this Sunday, they're going to be squaring up against another AFC West team in the LA Chargers. They're going to be looking to go 3-1 and one for the first time in nine years. Say it out loud. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not started the season 3-1 and one in nine goddamn years, and they've got a chance to do it this Sunday. It is Thursday, so it's our game preview show. We're going to break down what both of these teams look like leading up to Sunday's game and catch you up on everything that you need to know, Buccaneer news as well. So let's get right into things. Welcome back to the show. I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And, um, you know, before we really break down the game, before we get into the news, we do have a couple of announcements. Firstly, congratulations to your Tampa Bay Lightning, the 2020 Stanley Cup champions. They were able to get it done in six games over the Dallas Stars. And what a playoff for the Lightning. They finally get it done. It's been, you know, it feels like year after year, they were always just stopped short. You know, 2017, they missed the playoffs. Last year, swept in the first round. On top of that, you've got multiple Eastern Conference final appearances, and they finally get it done Lord Stanley is taking a year off in Tampa this year, and it feels damn good. But but something else. Something else. Congrats, Lightning. Let's go, Bolts. Woo. Yay, hockey. But, uh, Evan, I, I just, I, I, you know, I know it's going to be a rough week for you, dude. I just got to wish you luck right off the get-go. Wish me luck? Yeah. Yeah, you've got a um, you've got a lot on your plate headed uh, headed up this weekend, in particular in fantasy football, because I'm I'm sure you're aware. um, But it is Mm. that time of year again where you and I we have ourselves a matchup this week. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm I'm at a blistering hot one and two start in our league this year, but I've still got a team that can put up some points. And uh, this one is projected to be a nail biter. So so good luck this weekend, bud. You're basically like the Atlanta Falcons. You put up a lot of points, but you just give up too many. Is that what it is? Yeah, you're probably right, man. I had um, I had the Bills defense either last week or the week before when they blew that big-ass lead. And I remember I checked my scores at about halftime of that block of games, and I saw that the Bills defense had like 15 points, and I'm like, hell yeah. And then I go check back later, and they had like three points, and I'm pretty sure that lost me my matchup for that week. But mm. – 
I'll tell you what, this is the only game that I care if I win all year, to be honest with you. Rick, like, can I, I, can I, I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, true or false? Did you auto draft? False. Uh, false. You're going to sit false. here and lie to the people? I'm not lying to anybody, Buckaroo. All right. Maybe you, I missed out are. on like one or two picks because maybe I was uh, on my phone on, you know, promoting no. something for the show. I was working no, no, and maybe no, I just missed something no. that happened and I wasn't able to Stop. draft that round. But I drafted no. a good 80% of my team by myself. You did not draft Josh. I drafted one hundred percent of no. my team on my ESPN league, so I feel pretty damn good about that. That's a good PPR How's that league I'm in right now. Two and one in that one. Ah, uh, you feel accomplished, don't you? Oh yeah, I'll feel even more accomplished when we get into okay. this game preview. So let's go ahead and do it. We've got a great show lined up for you uh, this week, guys, and we've got a great slate of Buccaneer news that we're going to bring you as well right out of the gate. So, um, the only news we've got this week from inside the franchise is we've got a good amount of box bringing home some hardware some national recognition for our mm. boys and pewter and it feels damn good linebacker levante david was named the nfc defensive player of the month his stat line was 24 tackles two tackles for loss one forced fumble fumble recovery and one interception which we remember fondly from that denver game antoine winfield jr yeah was named NFC Defensive Rookie of the Month based off of this stat line alone. 23 tackles, two sacks, two pass defended, and one forced fumble. God, what a month for the rookie, man. I mean, congratulations to Levante as well. We know that his credit is long overdue, and I'm glad he's finally getting it. But, I mean, I don't know what better first impression you could have made, you know, from a guy like Antoine Winfield Jr. Just a great month for him, and I'm glad he got the honors. This is a serious candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year. This is a serious candidate. Defensive Rookie of the Year's how it's won is the first step, okay? Levante David won NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Antoine Winfield Jr. won NFL Rookie of the Month. Not NFC Rookie of the Month, oh, NFL. Damn. Well, forgive yeah, that, me for, uh, for mixing that for, up, but yeah, that's a much whole, bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they don't do AFC and NFC rookies. They do league rookies. So, yeah, I mean, it's a huge deal. And I think Chase Young, I believe, is not playing this weekend, and he might not play next weekend. Pretty big. Um, pretty big sign that, uh, you know, you could potentially, with one or two really good games here, really supplant yourself in, in the top spot for that, you know, defensive rookie of the year. And, I mean, the kid's unreal. Um, just, uh, I can't imagine what he would look like if there was an actual off season program and training camp, you know, and a preseason. I just, I can't imagine what this guy would look like right now. So I think the fact that he's playing at this rate right now is a great sign. I think he's going to be a great player for years to come and this is only the start. So, but we also did have one more award, I believe. So Yes, we did. That is Mr. Shaq Barrett himself. He was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after his multi-sack performance against his former team, Denver, last Sunday. So uh, props to all those Buccaneers. They are getting the recognition they deserve in a hell of a week for the boys in Pewter. So let's go ahead and move on. We're going to get into this injury report for the game on Sunday, and we're going to break down the Buccaneers and the Chargers' latest injury report for today, which is Thursday, October 1st. Happy October, by the way. Um, so, Spooky season. <laughs> so we have got uh, a pretty interesting list for the Buccaneers here. We're going to go over it right now. First one up, 
is running back Leonard Fournette with an ankle injury. He did not participate at practice today, and he did not participate at practice yesterday. Evan, I'm just going to ask you simply, do you think he plays this Sunday? I think it's doubtful. Um, him not practicing these last two days, it, it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like he's going to. Um, if you remember, Ronald Jones was in the game to, to end the game versus Denver last week. Um, maybe you could think, oh, well, Leonard Fournette botched that handoff, so maybe that's why You know, it's a little bit of punishment. No, he was hurt, and he had to come out, and he couldn't finish the game. So uh, Ronald Jones had to, had to come in and, and do it you know, the last two minutes or whatever. Uh, so the fact that he didn't practice at all yesterday, I didn't really put too much into that. But the fact that he's not practicing today, a Thursday when the game's on Sunday, I don't think it's a great sign. So I think they want to rest him. I think they want. I think they probably want him ready for the short week versus Chicago, uh, a week from today. Um, so uh, you know, I think they want him ready, and I don't think they're going to rush it. So I think for for precautions, they're gonna they're gonna sit him on, on Sunday, and I think you'll just go with Ronald Jones being the main guy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy still being that third down guy. And I think you might see Keyshawn Vaughn get a carrier too here and there. So um, I do not think Leonard Fournette will play. Yeah, that was actually going to be my follow-up question is if you think we see the rookie make his debut in this mm -hmm. game. And I, I think we do see Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, but definitely a lot more pressure on Rojo. And I'll tell you, this game in particular, you know, there's been a lot of people. I mean, it's even been said here on our show, but there's a lot of people who just simply think that, you know, Ronald Jones isn't that guy. We wanted him to be that guy this year. They signed Leonard Fournette. He had a good game against Carolina. All of a sudden, Ronald Jones is not the guy who can get you 100 yards per game. This is his game to prove everybody wrong. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and do it, but I would love to see it because, I mean, that pressure is there, and I feel like if you're Ronald Jones, you definitely hear what people are talking about. Like, these players are not 100% oblivious. So do you think we possibly see a big Ronald Jones game this week? I mean... I don't think Shady's going to go in there and get more yards than him, and I definitely don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be able to get in there and get it done the way that you know Fournette and Rojo were working before. Yeah, I don't know if you see 100 yards, but I think he'll have a decent game because I think they're going to try to – like this might honestly be like his last chance. Yeah. Like because – like it, let's say he struggles – and let's say, you know, like the Bucks is an offense struggle and Leonard Fournette's ready to go on Thursday. Bruce might say, look, like I might give Jones a few carries, but I'm not I'm relying on Fournette now because, you know, for uh, Jones had this game to himself. He had the New Orleans game basically to himself and he hasn't really impressed. So this is a big game for him. I think if you know if he can come out and, and, and get some momentum, the thing is, like we said last uh you know, last episode, he's running hard. Yeah, he, he's not, you know, he's not going down immediately or standing behind the line. He's he's hitting the hole hard. And, and he won. Uh, he won Good Morning Football's Angry Runs. This he did, week, by the way, he did, which I mean, I I don't know if he uh, I guess is mostly the O-line to me, but whatever. <laughs> he kept kept his legs moving, I guess. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, it, I, I hope for his sake. That he has a solid game. I don't know if he's going to go over 100 yards. This this Chargers defensive line still does have some talent, so the Bucks, you know, offensive line is going to have to hold up. Uh, but I think it's a good opportunity, and it, it very well could be his last because I think Bruce is he still has faith in him, but I think he's starting to grow a little bit impatient. I think Bruce wants to see him have a good game. He's finally get over a hundred yards, get a touchdown or two, you know, be the reason they win the football game. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, 
I'd like to see him involved in the pass game a little bit more. Last year, I don't know if you remember, they they ran that play where Jones sort of goes out to the flat, and it's not really a screen, but it's sort of treated like that. Um, I, I think they ran it. Well, they ran it versus the 49ers week one. It was like a third and 20, and they ran it, and he got 20 yards, picked up the first down. Runs more stuff like that. And I, I feel yeah. like Jones's hands aren't great, but I feel like he should be used in the passing game more. So um, I think just – Doing that and utilizing him more, you're going to have to with the loss of Fournette. I don't think you want to throw in Keyshawn Vaughn and Shady McCoy just cannot seem to carry the ball well. So you're going to have to rely on him, and it, it, it is a, a very big opportunity for him this weekend. Yeah, I think your sample size of Ronald Jones is big enough to where this coaching staff can look at some good plays on film and they can play to his strengths and it'll be interesting to see. But hopefully they have something like that in store for the game plan this Sunday. Let's go ahead and move on in this injury report. This next one's pretty big as well. Wide receiver Chris Godwin with that hamstring injury that he had during the Denver game. He did not participate in practice. I mean, he you know, we're not going to get Chris Godwin this Sunday. Um, I think Bruce had maybe mentioned that possibly – for Chicago, but even then, I think it might be pushing it. So I'm not expecting Chris Godwin to be realistic. I'm not expecting him for these next two games. Yeah, he's already been ruled out for Sunday. Um, so yeah, he's, he's not playing on Sunday, and then it's a little bit less optimistic, less optimistic that he's going to play on Thursday. And I think it's another thing where the Bucks don't want to rush him back because what you have is a Thursday game, and then you have ten days off. Yeah. So. Man, just take them 10 days, right? It, yeah, it's going to suck that he's going to miss two games, and he's basically played in basically all the New Orleans game and, like, half of the Denver game. Yeah, it sucks, right? But, like, you'd rather not rush him on a short week versus Chicago, come back and injure himself again. Yeah. Especially when I believe they're listing it as as a groin, I think. Uh, might be still a hamstring, but... Um, I, I just don't see the need. I mean, yeah, I, like you said, I don't expect him these, these two weeks. And I think he'll be ready to go 100% for, for Green Bay. So I think that's the plan right now. Yeah, I definitely don't want to rush a guy of his caliber back. He's a big piece of that offense. And, I mean, when he's well, in I there, mean, he definitely makes an know, impact. Yeah, I understand that it's 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 two very different injuries, right? The first one was a concussion. Uh, now this one's, you know, a lower body. But, I mean, the injuries, you know, you bring him back too soon, the injuries could start to pile up. And then instead of missing two games, he starts to miss four or five. And then you just wasted a whole year. So Absolutely. it's rather to be safe than sorry. And it's an important to remember. Now, this next injury might throw a wrench in that plans, but it's also important to remember that if you miss Chris Godwin, and God forbid you miss Scotty Miller on Sunday, Brady still has plenty of guys he can throw to. You know, we talked about it before. Brady's going to throw to the guy who can get open. It's not really about one player carrying this offense, and I think plenty of people know that by now. But I did bring him up. I'm going to bring him up again. Our boy Scooter popped up on the injury report this week with a hip slash groin injury. He did not practice today. Evan, what are your guesses on Scooter's status for Sunday, man? I really think he's 50-50 at this point, right? You know, I didn't really realize that he was injured until the injury report came out yesterday. He didn't – I don't know. It's It would be a big loss um, yeah. because – this Chargers defense, I know that they're missing a few guys, which we'll get into. But that, like I said, they still do have talent, and probably besides, like they had more talent. They have more talent than Carolina did, and they have more talent than Denver did on defense. So, oh, miles ahead, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe not Denver, but miles ahead of Carolina for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, just 
that's going to hurt if he can't go. And I think, you know, we we talked about him on Monday. Taylor Jenkins came on and said he wrote a story for him, and you can go check that out on pewreport.com. Uh, shameless plug. Uh, but, you know, it's going to hurt. It, it really is going to hurt if he can't go. Because now you're looking at Mike Evans, Justin Watson, Tyler Johnson might see a bigger role. That might be a benefit of this. I'd like to see Tyler Johnson in a bigger role, but I mean, he dropped his only target last Sunday, you know, so he's definitely yeah, still I mean, in a trial by fire phase. Sure, but it was his only target, and honestly, it didn't matter anyway. Because it was a flag, so that's fair. Um, that, that is fair. <laughs> it can't doesn't count as a drop, but the play doesn't. Count. I'm not. I'm not writing him off either. I just want to make sure that you know we both saw the same thing. So Tyler Johnson, I'd like to see him in a bigger role, but. If I can get Scotty Miller there before him, you know, I'd much rather go that direction. I think a lot of other yeah. people agree. Yeah. And I mean, you know, now you're looking at possibly Jaden Mickens getting more time at receiver. Uh, maybe certain surreal grace. And maybe they call up a guy from the practice squad this weekend. If they don't think Miller can go, it looks like Justin Watson's going to be good to go. Uh, I believe he was a full participant, so he'll be back. But um yeah not having scotty miller would really hurt this offense i think and having not having miller and godwin that's that's not great yeah now we've gone over the offensive injury report let's go over the defensive injury report and i'll tell you this next one gives me some hope unlike the last two that we just talked about uh but cornerback sean murphy bunting with a groin injury he was limited at practice today and um, I, I've heard the feeling around the team is that it's pretty optimistic he's going to be playing on Sunday. And I, I think that's really big for the Bucks because after Denver, I, I thought we were going to miss him for two or three weeks. Yeah, I, this is another situation where I hope the Bucks are like really like really sure like they're sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like because you need him for that Green Bay game. You, like you need this guy. And if you don't have him because you rushed him back versus the Chargers. I don't know. I yeah. think he'll be okay. I think he'll play. But I just I think they have to be, you know, you have to be 100% sure that he's good to go and he's not going to re-injure it, right? Any lower body injury with a hamstring, groin, uh, anything like that, a calf, uh, anything like that, it's, it's tricky because yeah. it can be re-injured so quick and one minute you can feel fine and the next minute you're like, oh, that doesn't feel right. So... It's difficult. It's it's a difficult decision, but he did, I believe, limited today. Yeah, he was. And then he was limited yesterday, I believe. So um it looks like he's on track to play, uh, which is which is big. Um so what they're able to do, if he's able to play, Antoine Winfield is able to go back to safety instead of having to play nickel corner. So that yeah. helps him out a lot too. So if he plays it's good. I just hope that they don't rush him back. And I've got trust in this coaching staff. And I mean, I'm sure even some of the trainers on the team who don't get enough credit, but if they see anything in SMB that says maybe he's not 100% ready to go on Sunday, but he still really wants to play, you know, I, I imagine they put him on a limited snap count. We talked about the adjustments of Antoine Winfield playing in that nickel spot. And I'll be honest, I mean, he's NFL Rookie of the Month for a reason, so damn it, if he has to do it for 40% of the defensive snaps, then why the hell not, you know? So definitely have to wait and see how that one develops, but looking forward to see Sean Murphy bunting, suit up, and be out there for that defense this Sunday. Last big name on this injury report, outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul with a knee injury did not participate, and uh, there's a pattern here because it seems like every single show we go over the injury report and JPP doesn't practice on Thursdays, 
So I think it's safe to assume that's his vet day off, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's his vet day off. He's he's fine. He yeah. he has what three sacks. He leads the team in sacks. I think. I think. Yeah, he's he's all right. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be good to go for Sunday, and hopefully getting in the backfield and tearing Justin Herbert a new one. Oh, I'm so excited. We'll talk about that here in a second. Let's go over the Chargers injury report really quickly. Some big names on there. Defensive end Joey Bosa with a tricep slash ankle injury. That's what it was listed as. So I don't know if he's dealing with multiple injuries there, but regardless. He did not practice today. Their starting tackle, Brian Belaga, with a back injury, did not participate today. Safety, Rayshon Jenkins, with a groin injury, was limited today at practice. Their tackle, Tyree St. Louis, or St. Louis, one of those two, with a concussion <laughs> protocol, he was limited today. And then their guard, Trey Turner, with a groin injury, did not participate. So that's multiple offensive linemen. Yep. And then there's more injuries stacked on top of that. The Chargers have also this season had to put safety Derwin James, defensive end Melvin Ingram, cornerback Chris Harris, and their Pro Bowl center Mike Pouncey on the injury reserve. So not only are the injuries piling up for that offensive line, but I think just the Chargers team as a whole, you know, obviously this is a much different game if everybody that I just mentioned is going to be playing on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, it seems like there's a theme with the Chargers. Like, they must have the worst, like, the baddest luck, I guess, in the league because every single year there's some type of major injury, right? And uh, I believe, I don't know, I read, I was reading here on, on the Buccaneers app, it says that Joey Bosa was limited today. Um, I saw he did not so, participate today, but maybe that's a mistake on my end. Who knows? I saw he he didn't participate yesterday, but he was limited today. So okay, that sounds uh, more accurate then. It, but I mean, even if like, that dude's gonna play, so yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're missing some pieces. But the scary part is, is that they still have. I mean, I can write off names: Casey Hayward, Desmond King, uh, Joey Bosa, Jerry Tillery, De- Denzel Perryman, Kenneth Murray. You know, we're we're gonna talk about these guys and they're solid football players. This is a still a solid defense, I think. Um so the Bucks offense, it's banged up, but they're gonna have to find a way. Yeah, without a doubt, they're a team that can still contend, you know, much better than yet again. Uh, one thing I do want to say real quick, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. They're missing two offensive linemen, right? And I three, basically. I mean, Brian Villaga is their starting tackle. If he doesn't go, they're in trouble. Trey Turner's our starting guard. If he doesn't go, they're in trouble. And Mike Pouncey's already gone. So you're talking about another game where I think Todd Bowles is going to blitz the you-know-what oh. out of this rookie quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. I mean, I know Den- Denver doesn't have the weapons that, that L.A. does. Like, Denver doesn't have a Keenan Allen or a Hunter Henry or an Austin Eckler. But I, I still think they're just going to blitz him. Yeah. Oh, man, it gets me excited thinking about it. But that was going to be my first point here as we get into the game preview itself. They're going to be led on offense by the sixth overall pick from this year's draft, rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. He had a promising start against Kansas City. He was slinging it, man. He looked great. Um, And then teams got some film on him. They figured him out, and they kind of shut him down. It's what's going to happen when you play behind a bad offensive line and you're a rookie. It is what it is. But as promising as he has looked, The common theme is he just cracks under pressure. I mean, any quarterback is going to crack under pressure. There's a select few who know how to navigate the pocket and really get in and out of there, and those guys are getting paid $500 million right now. So 
the, 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 that that guy right the one guy the, the so what you said you know i agree with it 110 percent. i am expecting the bucks to just send the house they're going to be blitzing everybody i was listening to the pewter nation podcast this morning at work and i laughed my ass off because mark cook was like yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we see todd bowles and captain fear out of the end zone adam like everybody is probably going to blitz on sunday so i'm expecting a big day for this defense you know it seems like that's the common theme week after week. But once you start playing this well, like that's the standard, you know, I'm expecting a lot of sacks this week. You're going to want to keep those numbers up because I just, I don't see really where, where the offensive line is concerned of LA. I just don't see where they're going to stop him. You know, Vita Vea, he's got a really good string of games under his belt. He has absolutely been a problem in the middle. They're on a backup center. And I mean, you've just got everybody else around him looking to eat, not to mention maybe you're sending Antoine Winfield, maybe you're sending Jordan Whitehead, maybe you're seven, maybe you're sending Devin White, who I swear to God is faster than two or three of those secondary guys. It's just, it's going to be an ugly day for Justin Herbert if he is not able to read the blitz and and, and react to it. You know, I'm expecting uh, just fireworks all day from the blitz. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the one thing I will say is that Todd Bowles, Last week in Denver, he put that on tape, right? So LA's sitting there, and they're game planning for that. I think they truly expect that he's going to get blitzed a lot. I think Herbert <laughs> realizes that, hey, you're going to get hit. Like, he is going to get hit. Uh, so, you know, that's what they have the game plan for, and we'll see how the game starts. Clearly, I think Denver thought that's what was going to happen and didn't seem to matter. So, um, but I also think that, Justin Herbert is much better than Jeff Driscoll. So, um, Jeff Driscoll, who was benched this week, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brett Rippin or whatever, Rippin starting in about an hour and a half. Um, so, um, versus the Jets, just a fantastic Thursday night football game. <laughs> just, just a bar wait. burner. Yeah, I, man, cannot wait. Uh, <laughs> love those Thursday night games. So valuable. Well, at least next week there's a decent one. Uh, so. You know, I, I look at it and I think they are going to blitz. I think they're going to send maybe not as frequent because I feel like, like I said, man, it might have been like 70% of the plays in Denver were blitzes. I feel like the Chargers can definitely burn you more uh, than the Denver offense could if you just blitz constantly. So I, I think they would do a little bit less, but don't think for a second that Tobble is going to take it easy. I think, you know, these guys, this defense, I think this is what they're thinking about. They let rookie quarterback Daniel Jones come into Tampa last year and carve him up. I don't think they're going to let that happen to Justin Herbert. Yeah. I think what they want to do to Justin Herbert is exactly what you should do to a rookie quarterback, right? Herbert struggled last week against the Panthers defense that quite frankly isn't great. So if the Bucks defense is able to to play well, I think the Chargers are going to struggle to put up points. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, I think the Bucks are going to have to be opportunistic in this game. Uh, turnovers are a must. I think, you know, you got to be able to create turnovers. Um, I know Herbert isn't a, like a turnover machine, but just like Driscoll got absolutely plastered on that one play on the Levante David interception yeah. and the ball just flooded up in the air. That's going to be an interception every single time. So, I mean, if you can do that, there's not much Herbert can do about that. So uh, I would expect them to blitz them a lot. Hopefully they can create some turnovers because I think you're going to need some short fields. 
Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how they come out in this first half. These past two weeks, I think the game has pretty much been decided in the first half. You know, obviously Carolina, they let them sneak back into the game, but I don't think this team is ready to do that anymore, especially not against the Chargers defense if they come out to a hot start. The Chargers offense, excuse me. But while we're talking about this Chargers offense, we do have to talk about some high points because they do have a rookie quarterback who isn't good under pressure, but they've got some other guys he can throw the ball to who can damn well get it done. They've got running back Austin Eckler, who has been a hot commodity this season so far. They've got a high-volume receiver and wide receiver Keenan Allen. They've got a pretty productive tight end in Hunter Henry. So all of those guys are just some big pieces that all uh, of that offense that L.A. has. And, you know, the Bucks defense, they've played stout, but we've seen quite a few times they get punked every now and again by some guy walking slowly into coverage. So you definitely have to watch out for those guys because they can get the ball in their hands and some bad stuff could happen. Yeah, Austin Eckler kind of concerns me because I think he's one of the more like underrated running backs in the entire league. Oh yeah, he's just so good at what he does, and he does a very specific thing, but he does it so good. It's you know he can run the ball a little bit, but he is just like one of the, I think the best receiver back in the NFL. I think he is top three if you're talking about receiving backs because he can just do so many things and just hurt you in so many different ways and you know as rookie quarterback they're not going to want you know Herbert sitting back there and five six seven step drops yeah right they're, they're going to want you know to get the ball of his hands quick some screens some you know just you know they're just going to have Eckler sitting in a flat so it's going to be a big point on those linebackers and the defensive line to be able to bottle up Eckler because if you let him run wild I, I think you know, he could single-handedly really ruin your day. Yeah. I, I think he he has the skill set to be able to do that. So if you're able to shut him down, I think you should be all right, but cannot let him beat you, especially in the past game. Now there is a matchup that I'm going to be really excited to watch every single time the Chargers offense takes the field. It's going to be Keenan Allen taking on Carlton Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your popcorn, because I, I really think this is one of those that yeah. – I hate to say it, but I think Carlton's either going to shut him down or it's just going to be a back-and-forth battle all afternoon. You say so you don't think Keenan Allen's going to dominate? No. <laughs> that, that, that's no. the only scenario you Hell don't no. see. Let's, oh, let's oh, not oh, forget, oh. this is the same Keenan Allen who was really upset about the top 100 that came out, and he sent out a tweet. He tagged Mike Evans. He tagged Chris Goodwin, not Chris Godwin. Chris Goodwin. He yeah, tagged we still got to get him on the show. This it was, it was this like was a high school track star or something, right? Yeah. This, this was this was the show to do it, and we failed. God darn it. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> we should have had Chris, Goodwin. Chris Goodwin on. Um, but Keenan Allen is a guy who, you know, he feels like he deserves to be in that top wide receiver discussion, and I'll be honest with you, he's talented. He can be a number one wide Good. receiver for L.A., but I just, I don't know, man. Carlton Davis has been playing so damn well, and I think Keenan Allen is one of those guys that, you know, he might be able to just add to the – Add to the list because I, I I think there's a really good chance he shuts him down this week. Like the list of Jericho, just like the you know the the <laughs> list of Carlton. You just made the list. Keenan Allen, you know what happens <laughs> when you're from LA and you wear powder blue pants under twenty yards. You know what happens? You know what happens when you tag Chris Goodwin when you bother Chris Goodwin? You just made oh. a list. <laughs> Dude, I yeah. really hope I don't know if we've gotten the uniform combos. Uh, the Chargers are going to be wearing blue, right? Because the Bucks are wearing white for their home yeah. game. Yeah, Bucks are wearing white on white. So I think God. the Chargers will probably be wearing powder blue jerseys with either white or yellow pants. I think their uni combos are are fine. I like the Chargers' new uniforms, but I think their yellow pants need to go. I think they're terrible for that uniform. Yep. At least terrible yep. looking on TV. It's got to be. It's got to be white or powder blue. Yeah, I, I think yeah, and he, also. Yeah. 
if you're going to the game this Sunday, let us know how they look in person because there's fans at this game. Yes, so. there is. That is something I forgot to mention, but the Buccaneers are going to be letting people into the games one full week sooner than we expected them to, um, or two full weeks, excuse me. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's going to be fans in the stands. I don't remember the capacity cap that they had I think said. it's. It's only a it's only a few thousand because it's a soft opening. So yeah. and then I believe Green Bay, they'll go to 25 percent capacity. So that'll be exciting to watch. But the limited capacity, the way that they're doing it, I think is pretty cool. It's the longest tenured season ticket holders are going to kind of get first dibs at those games. Um, I think that's the way that it needs to be done. You, you know what I mean? Like, I hate to say it, <laughs> but I would hate for Joe Schmo, who just, you know, started following the Bucks from Boston yeah. six months ago to <laughs> spend four grand on some club seats and get to go before the guy who's had season tickets since 1981. You know, yep. so I'm really glad that they're sticking to the loyalty system for that. Yeah, I think it's it's the right call. So, you know, hopefully the Bucks fans can enjoy a, a solid game. It's probably going to be a hot one, one o'clock. So, yeah. Um, which actually is a really good benefit to the Bucks. Yeah. A West Coast team coming right from the West Coast to the East Coast and playing at 1 o'clock Eastern time? Holy cow. Normally, you don't see that a whole lot. A lot of times, if they're coming to Tampa, it's a 425 start because that's a 1 o'clock start, basically, on the West Coast. Well, you got to right? make sure we give Brady all the... Uh... You gotta make sure we give Brady all the advantages we can so he looks of, good of, on TV, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> Those gotta, five primetime games are gonna play themselves. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, you got you got the first one coming up here, so exactly. Very, very much looking forward to that one. So let's get back into a little bit of this game preview. I wanted to talk about the Chargers defense in particular. We mentioned they got some talented pieces, but I'll tell you what, I see a big liability on this team and I think it's in their linebackers I'm not saying that they're not studs they've got Denzel Perryman who I was a really big fan when he was coming out of Miami I thought he was awesome dude I really wanted us to draft him because he was one hell of a tackler and still is and then they've also got that rookie I think they traded back to get him in the first round Kenneth Murray but both of those guys are just not the strongest in coverage so this Buccaneers offensive game plan I mean we talked about more Rojo earlier but I'm expecting a follow-up to last week. I think you get the tight ends involved early and often, and I'd love to see a Gronk touchdown this week. Yeah, and I think you know with Miller possibly being out and Godwin definitely being out, I think this is the perfect week to utilize the tight ends more. I think, like I said, I thought Denver, the Denver game plan was pretty much perfect, but now I think you might need to see more of the tight ends. Time to get Cameron Brate more involved. Yeah. Uh, you know, OJ, Gronk. Line OJ up in the slot and have Gronk and Brate as your two guys. Utilize it. Take advantage of it because, you know, basically – like you're you, you having the best tight end room in the NFL, that should be a benefit to you when your receivers are down like this. This is when it is most advantageous to you. So use it, right? Don't just ignore them. Use it. Get Gronk the ball. Get OJ the ball. Get Cam the ball. Just do it. Like you know they're going to be, you know, really keeping an eye on Mike Evans. Yeah. So like you know, a lot of those like OJ's going to be facing single coverage. You know, I mean, Justin Watson might beat a guy, but I'm not betting on that. Tyler Johnson might beat a guy. I'm not betting on that. You know, Gronkowski's going to see single coverage. OJ, Cam, you know, especially in the red zone. You guys get in the red zone, target the tight ends, man. Yeah. You know, I think the Chargers pretty much saw what you were doing in the red zone last week, which was throwing the ball to Mike Evans on the one-yard line for a one-yard touchdown. I don't think they're going to let that happen this week, so utilize the tight ends. 
Absolutely. It's a game of mismatches. You know, we've talked about it before. When you pair guys up, it's a game of mismatches. And Rob Gronkowski and partly O.J. Howard, I don't care who you are, both of those guys are pretty much mismatches for anybody that's going to line up against them, especially those linebackers. I mean, Gronk, you know, we talked about the athleticism that, you know, he doesn't exactly possess, but it really doesn't matter. He's still a big ball-catching tight end, and if he can catch the ball, that's all he's got to do, man, because he's just a big mismatch, and I really think that, you know, hopefully they attack the middle of the field, but I'd love to see a tight end-driven offense this Sunday. And I'll tell you what, you brought him up, I'm going to bring him up again, but we need to see a big day for Mike Evans. You know, it's kind of weird that he's had the performance that he's had this season. Week one, he was absolutely shut down. Week two had 100 yards. Week three had two catches for two yards for two touchdowns, but he had two catches for two yards. Um, That's 14 points. And Mike, Mike has said it himself, though, that like, you know, he kind of needs to step it up. Like, like I think he's had a, a couple of balls that he just he he could have grabbed. Like, you know, Mike Evans of last year would have made those catches. And I think this year we haven't seen a whole lot of that. So I, I think if any week is a week for uh, big number th- 13 to step up, it's it's got to be this week. Yeah, I want to say so. But also he's going up against Casey Hayward, who is one of the most underrated corners. The Chargers have a lot of underrated players. I think Casey Hayward could be a potential top 10 corner in this league. Yeah. And he's going up against him, and you know that they're going to be double teaming Mike Evans. So while you say he needs to step up, there may only be so much he can do without Chris Godwin, without Scotty Miller. When your number two wide receiver is Justin Watson, there's only going to be so much he can do because the Chargers know that you're going to try to get the ball in his hands. And absolutely, you know, I'm definitely not disagreeing that he's going to be a focal point of that Chargers defense all afternoon. But here's the thing. I think with Brady, Mike Evans is going to hurt just a little bit. We talked about it with Trevor. Pretty sure we talked about it with Taylor Jenkins, too. But Brady's going to throw to the guy who's open. Mike Evans isn't really notorious for getting, you know, three, four, five yards of separation right off of the line of scrimmage. So, you know, with Jameis Winston, him and Mike were at the communication level where Jameis could throw it up. Mike's going to go get it. I still believe that Mike's going to go get it, but I just don't think Brady and him are at that chemistry level yet where Brady can just look and say, F it, Mike's going to catch it. I think he can absolutely do that. I think it'll maybe build his confidence a little bit, but I think with Brady, you know, until they get that offense as a whole and they get that chemistry down much later on in the season, I just, I hope it doesn't hurt him too bad. You know, I really would Mm -hmm. love to see the thousand yard streak stay intact. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, He'll get a thousand yards. Okay, I'm yeah. just gonna say it right now. I, I think he will. Uh, I think he will. 100 yard game last week. I mean, what? He only needs nine more of those. Boom. There you go. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I agree. I think you know what you said. Mike Evans just isn't a guy that gets a ton of separation, and you're completely right. Um. Yeah the the offense finding its rhythm. It's starting to see. It's starting to run out of time, but at the same time, it's starting to extend its time because Chris Godwin's out. Yeah. So no, I was you know I was gonna say I was gonna be okay by like week six or so. Can we stop saying like oh the offense you know Brady's gotta get used to his teammates chemistry. They played five or six football games like you should be good now. But with Chris Godwin being out, it just it throws a lot off. So I don't know. I'm willing to extend it maybe another week or so. But like you won't hear. You won't hear me like go on and on about you know the the chemistry because at some point you just gotta say hey if you're struggling play better. It's not if you're struggling. Oh well, there was no preseason. You're gonna use that excuse in week eleven? No, right? You're you're not gonna use that excuse in week eleven because that's not valid. 
So I definitely think that him and Mike are definitely getting the chemistry down. Um, Mike, you know, he did miss, you know, pretty much that whole week leading up to New Orleans and barely was targeted in, in New Orleans. Had a good game versus Carolina. I believe he was targeted four or five times versus Denver. Had, one, I, think, I think, one or two drops. Um, wasn't the most, it wasn't like gimme catches, but it's catches that like he should make. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I agree. He's, he's a star player. You make star plays. And I mean, I think if, if he's just catching touchdowns, I think not many people are going to complain if he's catching touchdowns and not a lot of yards and they're winning football games. I don't see how you can complain. Uh, but yeah, I definitely see a point where, you know, he does have to step up and I think, He's going to have, I don't think, I don't know if it's this week, but I think he's going to have one of those signature Mike Evan games, 150 yards, 160 yards, two touchdowns. I think that's coming soon. Within the next three or four games, I think you, you're going to see that at some point. I'd love to see it. I'm a big Mike Evans fan. I made the decision to go buy a Mike Evans jersey this last offseason. Like he, you know, I think he is um, probably my favorite buck on the roster. Like I know I said before, Ryan Jensen and stuff like that, but Mike Evans, the difference between Ryan Jensen and Mike Evans is, you know, Mike Evans is that homegrown guy. You want to see him do well for the franchise. You really want to see him love this team, and he definitely does that. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, when it comes to him stepping up, in a sense, I guess, you know, kind of what we had just covered, I think the chemistry is still building a little bit. Um, but I would love to see him break out definitely sometime soon. So, ladies and gentlemen, something we do every single week on the game preview show is a little thing called the weekly checklist. And what it is, I put together three things that this Bucks team is going to need to do to win the game on Sunday. If they do all three of these things, and maybe even more, they should be walking out with a victory. We're going to do the weekly checklist. We're going to wrap up with predictions. So, let's get right into it. First and foremost, we talked about this in abundance but target your tight ends. You know, you're in the end zone. Target your tight ends or mismatches. Attack the middle of the field. Target your tight ends. You know, I think it cannot be stressed enough that I would love to see a tight end driven offense this week. And it's, you know, it's as simple as that. <laughs> yep. I I think it's with with your two receiving options down. I think it's, it's a smart move. I think, you know, you're going to have to use your tight ends. And I mean, you're paying these guys $18 million combined. So start to use them. Yeah. You know, I, I know people have heard it. I know a lot of people are talking about it. I'm definitely not the only one. But now that we saw what Gronk showed us last week, I'm just excited to see what he can build on. Um, you know, mm -hmm. because he, he was serviceable last week. He led the team he was, in receptions. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. He's starting to look better. He's starting to look like he gets his feet under him. He, and I'm know, excited to see he if he was takes looking, a step. What he was looking like to me was what I kind of expected. The, yeah. the third down safety blanket for Brady and that's exactly what he looked like so if he, if he can give you that every week I'm fine with letting OJ get the splash plays if Gronk can give you a guy that on third and four you can go to him he's gonna get you six yards I'm good with it absolutely would love to see how he develops from here on out number two on the weekly checklist uh force turnovers and I think number two and three kind of go hand in hand in a way they're a little bit related um Force turnovers. You know, we talked about how this team is going to be blitzing a lot. I think the Chargers are expecting the blitz a lot. I think Todd Bowles is going into the game plan and is like, hey, guys, we're going to blitz a lot. So with that being said, you know, pressure creates diamonds. In a sense, pressure creates turnovers. If you get Justin Herbert rolling out and, you know, just whack him from the blind side and he throws a wobbly ball, that's a pick. And you can win the game alone off of the turnover battle. If the offense is not gelling and they just don't look like they're in a spot, this is still one of those games that I think could be won on the defensive side of the ball. And turnovers are a very big part of that, especially if you're going to blitz as much as you are. 
And number three on the weekly checklist, again, these go hand in hand. Don't get punked on the blitz. Like, you know, you can blitz, but we have seen so many times where the Bucks blitz and they just miss the running back by that much, you know, mm-hmm. and he breaks off for a 25, 30 yard run or even into the end zone. Um, you're obviously going to want to avoid that, but I think that's a lot of where those chunk plays happen for the other team as well Is if you send a guy on a blitz and, you know, God forbid your coverage is a liability somewhere down in the field, there's a miscommunication, somebody makes the wrong read, whatever it is, you've got a big chunk play that you've just given up to a rookie quarterback. And uh, that's going to hurt these guys because they definitely don't want that to happen, as you said. So don't get punked on the blitz. Don't look stupid. If you're going to blitz, make sure you hit home and in turn for some damn turnovers. So that's the weekly checklist for me. Evan, do you have anything else you want to add? Well, one thing I want to say is, you know, that's the downfall of blitzing. Um, blitzing is a great thing. And what you saw in Denver is a blitz that works, right? What you could see a blitz do is you're not getting home right away and they're open because when you blitz, somebody is open. Okay. Yeah. When you're, when you're blitzing somebody in that receiving core or or a running back tight end, somebody's open, right? It's up to you to get to the quarterback before he can get the ball to that target. That dude is open. It's just natural, right? He's yeah. just open. So, uh, how fast yeah, can you find him? Debate exactly, and I think, and how fast, you know, how fast can you get to him? And I think that's going to be a big determination on, you know, how often. I, I hope if the Bucks get burnt on a blitz, they don't shy away from it. But I mean, if you're getting consistently burnt and like you give up like 20 points in the first half, like change it up, please. Like make halftime adjustments. Don't just keep saying, "Hey, we're going to." going to keep throwing a kitchen sink at him no because clearly they figured it out switch it up and and make this guy beat you uh you know in other ways so i definitely ag- agree with your your points there um my one make your make your kicks uh obviously you know ryan <laughs> glad i didn't steal that one from you this week yes yes uh ryan suckups you know did a good job uh in denver oh and he's back in tampa where some kickers struggle so you know every year it sort of seems like right around this time you know week week look wait 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 let me get my point okay okay every year it seems like this time is when we're looking for a kicker (laughs) like (laughs) It, it seems like, you know, it does, doesn't it? Like, week three last year was the Matt Gay game. Oh, and then week, week four, he comes out and nails that 56-yarder or, or, or whatever against the Rams. Yeah. You know, uh, week five of 2017 was the Nick Folk, Folk game. It just always seems like it's it always takes, like, a little bit. So hopefully Ryan suck up. It seems like he's a consistent enough guy. I think, like, when he's inside 40, I'm confident. Like, I yeah. just don't. Yeah, I'd like to see him get a shot at like a 48, 49 yarder because he hasn't had that yet. I'd like to see if he can hit it uh, and we'll, we'll see if he gets that opportunity. But this is definitely a game I think will be tight enough. And I know I said the Denver game was going to be tight. Look, this team is just Denver was just ravaged with injuries. And I don't know if they had the better roster anyway. The Chargers are healthier. They're not 100% healthy, as we talked about, but they're healthier than Denver. They have a solid quarterback. This is a game that you need your kicker because I think points will matter. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be a one-point game, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it a one-possession football game. I don't think the Bucs are going to win by 18 points like they did last week. So um, I definitely think you're going to need your kicker to make your kicks this week. 
Well, wait till you hear my prediction if you don't think they're going to win by 18 points. Let's go ahead and get into some score predictions. Um, and kind of like what you said, you know, I, I have no doubt that Justin Herbert in this offense can find ways to put points on the board. Like, I'm pretty sure he threw for over 300 yards last week. He's definitely efficient in finding his receivers, and they can put points on the board. But if this box defense comes out and they play well and they pressure Justin Herbert, you said it earlier. I just have a hard time believing the Chargers are going to be able to keep up. Like, it could be hard for them to put points on the board. And with that being said, my final score prediction for this, obviously I've got the Buccaneers winning, advancing to 3-1, and one, still first place in the NFC South. And I think they're going to do it 27 to 14. Okay, so 13 points. Yeah, not 18. Not I saw not you. Bad. I saw you giggle and kind of roll your eyes. I, I promise, I'm the optimist, but not that much. <laughs> All right, I, I like it. <laughs> Only a five point uh, gap. Yeah. So this game, the, to me, this game, and I got some flack for this on Twitter, but I said it was a trap game. And I just the reason I say it's a trap game is because I think this team is a team that can sneak up on you, and the Bucks could possibly be looking towards that primetime game on Thursday night, right? Right, kind of right in the so, off. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't. It has a funny feeling, but I don't think the Chargers have enough. I, I just don't think if the Chargers were healthy, I would probably think the Bucks lose this game. If they if the Chargers were a hundred percent healthy. I would think the Bucks would probably lose this game, but I think their injuries right now, especially along the offensive line, you, you know, it, the offensive line, if it was healthy, I'd be like, ooh, like this might be a tough matchup, but I just don't know how much time Herbert is going to have. I've already said I think they're going to struggle to put up points. I think the Bucks' offense is going to struggle to put up points. Uh, you know, missing Scotty Miller and Chris Godwin, I think is can't be understated. Uh, I think it's it's a big loss and. Um, we'll see how that happens. They need to uh, play turnover-free football for the second straight week. Uh, can't have any turnovers and got to create one or two of your own on defense. So uh, I think they win this game. Uh, my prediction is 23 to 17 bucks. I, I just don't think the Chargers are going to be able to put enough on the board. Um, so I think the Bucks do enough on offense. Play kind of a boring game a little bit at times, but I think they do just enough to get the job done at home. Uh, win's a win. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And I think one more thing that we need to say before we wrap up, this shouldn't be overstated. I think it was because we haven't said it the entire show and we're saving it for right now. But again, you know, similar to Denver, you shouldn't fall asleep on any team in the NFL. And this Chargers team yep. is definitely one of those that, you know, the Buccaneers in particular should not write off come this Sunday. Yeah. Because they're if they're the looking Bucks... ahead. Go ahead. If they're looking ahead to Thursday night already, Justin Herbert's going to give them hell and they're going to do it in front of fans. And that's going to be awful. Look, the Bucs are just a two and one football team, right? You're a two and one football team that went seven and nine last year and missed the playoffs. Like, I understand you have Tom Brady. It doesn't matter. Like, you're still not. Don't act like you're somebody now. Like, you won two football games. You've won two football games every year. When was the last time you went one and fifteen? Well, I can tell you, the last time they went three and one was nine years ago. Well, yeah, and then they went four and two, and you know how they finished that year? Four and twelve. They won. Yeah. They lost ten straight. So. Um, you know, just don't get high on your britches. You know, you you're two and one. Take care of business. Be three and one. Next game for Chicago. Take care of business. Be four and one. Then you get to focus on an upcoming Green Bay game, and that's where you know if you lose that game, it's not the end of the world because you were four and one. So now you're four and two, right? Yeah. 
take care of the teams that you need to take care of. It's exactly what Trevor Sikama said two weeks ago when reviewing the Panthers game. Beat the teams you should beat, and quite frankly, this is a football team that the Buccaneers are better than and they need to beat. I think the mentality in that locker room, we've seen it. I mean, obviously, we haven't gotten an all-access look at the locker room this season. But whenever the Bucs release any type of, you know, Bruce Arians post-game speech, all these guys are in the locker room, and everything that they say, they always go back to, this is a great win, let's learn from it. And it seemed like last year, when guys would win, didn't matter who they beat. It, it was, you know, it was a party. It was a celebration. It was yelling. Everybody's throwing their shirts and stuff. And that's fine and dandy. But I think this Buccaneers team is definitely going the route that you suggested. Something maybe they haven't done for, you know, most of this decade. But it's business as usual. You got to beat this team and uh, you just got to move on. And, and that's that's what it is. I don't think the Bucs are going to be overlooking anybody. Bruce Arian says it every single week. He's like, we're not, you know, we're not anyone to overlook anyone. So, Still a two-in-one football team, just like you said. A lot of fans, like myself, are very damn excited about this two-in-one football team. First place in the NFC South. I'm going to say that as long as they're there. And uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting game this Sunday. But both of us have the Buccaneers winning. Hopefully you do too. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening on any of our podcast outlets or watching with video over on YouTube. We've got a little bit of an announcement as well. A little while ago, we told you guys to go over to Creative Loafing Tampa Bay and nominate us for Best Local Podcast. Well, we were nominated. Voting began, and it ended in September. The results came out today, and we did not win back-to-back Best Podcast in Tampa Bay. But I'll tell you what, we got second place. And with that being said, we didn't put up nearly as strong of a campaign as we did last year. And I just want to take a second to appreciate anybody who voted for us. It, it, you know, first off, the website's a pain in the ass. So if you voted for us, like legitimately, thank you. Because it, it was hard for me to vote for myself the one time that I did it. So <laughs> we got second place. It is what it is. We got it last year. All of it was in part thank you to you guys for listening to our show and showing us the support as well. It truly does mean the world. With that being said, let's go get them next year. But... Make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, basically the best place for updates on the show and any Buccaneer news as it happens. When it comes to Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Bucks fan page on the IG. And you can check him out on Twitter at EvanNFL. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T, AKUS, and if you follow me there, I promise I will follow you back. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you after the game. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for Evan Wanish, and we'll catch you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.